Hello and welcome to the Truth at Seven podcast. I am Ben, uh, as Mike forced me to say last week, contracted employee at the Two Six Seven project. Um, it isn't even contracted employee; it's contracted worker. Uh, Contractor. Yeah. Yeah. You sucks. have no rights, Ben. It I'm has sorry. such a bad ring to it. We're sticking with employee, even though okay. everyone knows it's a liner. <laughs> <laughs> Joined by my regular co-host, uh, it's the itsy bitsy spider, Mike Palin, <laughs> from the song. Also joined by returning guest, Lauren Bannon. Hello. Yeah, I like being able to say returning guest. It makes us yeah, feel it's fun. It makes me feel important. Like, oh wow, she's a regular. <laughs> yeah, so good the last time that we asked to have this you back. This is not my first rodeo, guys. <laughs> What I do like though is that Lauren just waved and said hello, forgetting it was a recording. Not a I well, I didn't forget, but that was like <laughs> me trying not to say anything and be like talking over Ben. But I had to acknowledge that he was Bye. talking about me and not just sit there like. <laughs> I did realise last week that James Manning, we recorded a podcast last week. Mm. Lauren, he did a whole like two-minute thing talking about his mood, saying, and for the sake of the podcast that. His, he moved his hand quite low and then moved it higher and talked about it moving in between constantly. And it really didn't process with me at the time that that doesn't translate well to no. audio format. Not really, uh, I can imagine. So I've now kind of had to edit that whole bit. <gasps> oh, no, really? Uh, I'm not editing it out. I've just done some sneaky stuff and uh, stolen his voice from other places in the podcast and moved it to that bit. Oh, I'll get you. I can make Skills you say bad. anything. Wow, <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah, so, intro question. Describing each other, as Mike came up with, uh, what major crime, or minor crime, I guess, do you think the other person would commit if they were to go to jail for something? Mike can go first. <laughs> uh, Lauren would get arrested for storming the House of Commons and trying to have her say. What, just like during Prime Minister's question? Yeah, during oh, PMQs. Come and steal yeah. the mic, say yeah. something, yeah. drop it and walk out. I haven't yeah. actually been to a PMQs before, so that is pretty accurate. Yeah. There was no storming that time, but I'm not going to say this on the record, you know, I don't want to incriminate my, my future self. <laughs> She'd bicycle kick Boris, and then basically grab the mic and go for it. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> and then everyone would listen Fridays to what she said. Everyone would listen and give a round of applause and yeah. make her in charge. And I mean, I yeah. guess if you steal the mic at the moment, no one can like take it back from you because they have to keep apart from you. Yeah. So you just have to sort of run around taunting them with yeah. it while speaking. <laughs> Which would be amazing. That would be the best yeah. edition of PMQs ever. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure Lauren will probably work. stack it after about five yards. Oh, yeah, for sure, knowing <laughs> me. Come on, in, Lauren, what crime am I going to commit? And so I think that Mike's crime would be, realistically, it would be either hurting someone that had done something to your son. Yeah. Because you do say that on a regular basis. Yeah, like which a scary amount. In a Liam Neeson. Which, like, obviously is completely, like, completely understandable, but maybe don't say it as much, and then if it actually <laughs> does have to happen, everyone won't be like, oh, obviously it was Mike. Mike definitely does have, like, a John Wick 
moment ready to happen. <laughs> yeah. Started watching that again last night. I can, I can see did. it. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I like the idea of defending someone, Lauren. Yeah, or defending someone's, like, decision. I don't know. Yeah. But you have, you, you do have a very protective instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to your son, so. Yeah, a lot of other people as well. Yeah. I'd take a bullet for you two. Oh, oh. it's beautiful. As long as I was... You know, didn't hear anything vital. Great. Being significantly thanks. less, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't rest your life, but like, you know, temporary well, wound. Probably probably in the moment, I probably would. Probably if I had to think about it, I wouldn't. No, yeah, I know what you mean. I think so instinct. Wait, now I'm just going to feel guilty if that ever happens, because I can't yeah, even say, yeah. like, he was such you a hero. What I'm saying. It's what he wanted. Like, no, I'm like, I know that if Mike had a better time to think about this. I literally have it on record that that's not what he wanted. He didn't want do you to know do it. You know when Lauren lost the passport in the bin, which we might come back to, but oh, well, she I feel wasn't... like now they're going to be listening, people are listening to this going, sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, okay. But you know, you, so uh, during the moment you were fine, and yeah. then afterwards you got freaked out a little bit. I think I'm, I've been quite good in the moment, so it'd be a reaction. If I had to think about it, I probably wouldn't do yeah. half as much as I would do in the moment. So I quite like a crisis. I quite like to be able to, if everything goes pear-shaped, I like to be able to react and do something. Yeah. Whereas if I had to think about planning being heroic, I'd probably, I'd probably muck it up quite badly. I always find that my issue in those scenarios, so like the Lauren Bin story being a perfect example, <laughs> of I'm actually quite helpful, but my, the main thing I have to stop myself from doing is making jokes uh, to mm. mock people at the time. Yeah. Like, you have to appreciate, at that moment, I was nice. I sounded you genuine, were. even though that was a lie. Uh, when all that was in my head was just jokes at your expense. What was a lie? Oh, Did just me cares? not making jokes at your expense oh. at that yeah, moment. Cool. But then we had Andy yeah. Borner to do that for me instead. So And you didn't hold back afterwards, so it's fine. Oh, of course not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's well, I have a story. So oh. for all our listeners, Bear, yeah. that we're talking about, that Lauren lost her passport in an airport, in a bin, just before they were getting on a plane to go on mission. Was it in a Yo It was underneath bag? your... It was the Yo Sushi bag. The Yo Sushi yeah. bag. But... Yeah. You managed to remember which bin it was in and got it back and got on the plane. I did. Well, yeah. extremely composed. I know. I yeah. I, I remember looking through my bag and I was next to Ben. I was next to you, wasn't I, Ben? And I was just mm. going, Ben, it's not in here. Ben, my passport's not in my bag. Hmm, this is a bit worrying. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to find someone who I thought perhaps would deal with it better. So uh, I went and found Thanks, Lauren. I'm joking. <laughs> That's not quite how I remember it going, but sure. No. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, Ben, can you just look through here and tell me if I'm going crazy? And yeah. you were like, no, it's definitely not in there. So then we went and found, was it Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, who went with you. We went and found Sarah and Sarah went with It was because we... I was literally like, I was handing in my passport were, yeah. while you were doing this. You were halfway through the gate. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, help. <laughs> Your problem now. I'm halfway in Uganda. <laughs> um, so that's, that's quite a good link though. So what we're talking about today is actually how do we cope with different crises that mm. befall us? And we've talked a lot 
before, probably Ben and Lauren, actually, we've had conversations about our, our, our mental health and about the ability to talk and share about how we're feeling. Uh, with, not with everyone, but with some people. Yeah. You can, And obviously, we're recording this as we come to the end of Mental Health Week, and we thought it'd be really good to be able to talk to, with two people, actually, you, Ben, as well, uh, who've had a journey, uh, a story, uh, where we could say, actually, what, what skills do you have, what sort of coping mechanisms have you called into play to be able to journey through lockdown? Mm. Also, what has been really difficult that's maybe pressed a few of your buttons and made it made it really difficult? Because I think there, I think mm. everyone, I, I don't, I know a few people that are loving lockdown, but I don't think anyone's coming through lockdown completely unscathed. I think we've all got something that is almost our our pressure point and i think mm. it think about what what are those pressure points for people and is there is there any way through them you know I think yeah and i also worth adding just before we get rolling with the proper conversation mm. uh that we are not mental health professionals this no. is personal experience in fact we're probably people who actually suffer with it which you know any advice we do give is purely from a this works for me, but if you need help with stuff at the moment, two yeah. good places to go. The other banner uh, on the New Haven YouTube channel yes. is giving really good helpful advice uh, for dealing with anxiety related stuff during life. Or at Haven Resilience on Instagram. Yeah, yeah that's the one. And also, if you need more help, go to local doctors, talk over the phone, and find that. But I'm afraid yeah. we cannot cure either anxiety <laughs> or depression on this podcast. Well, that will make a throwaway line. Actually, the talking about it is almost half the battle, isn't mm. it? Absolutely. It's finding someone. It's the not doing anything which compounds everything, isn't it? You need, yeah. you need to talk about it. And I think we want to be able to yeah. get to a place where whoever it is, whether it's someone trained, depending on how you are, but it just that, that it's okay to say i'm not having a great day uh, because i think especially if, i know it, it is a different thing for guys i think but i think yeah. guys have had a very different understanding of what it means to talk to someone about it um, mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think it's easier for girls to talk about it but i think mm -hmm. it seems to be more accepted for girls to talk yeah. about it so yeah, yeah. it's all different, so got, different struggles yeah Really, I think, and it's about finding that person, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think honest. it's really like interesting to have three of us talking about it because obviously we're coming from different perspectives of um, Ben being one of the most introverted people I know, <laughs> Mike being a little bit less introverted but still introverted, and then me being like extreme extrovert. Um, I think it it uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that only certain types of people deal yeah. with mental health issues. Um, which is absolutely not the case um, and I think that as I've kind of spoken to more people about mental health and as you begin to be more open you realize that everyone has sometimes people would say oh well I, I don't have mental health or I'm not struggling or like or um, my I don't really have men yeah so saying like stuff like sorry let me rephrase that sometimes people say things like I don't have mental health or oh, I'm worried it will give me mental health <laughs> um, but the thing is that we all have a mental health and 
yes, some of us struggle more with that. Some of it is more prevalent in our daily lives, but all of us, yeah. no matter where we come from, have a mental health. Um, and so even if it's not something that you necessarily struggle with to the point where it impacts you, um, it's still important to talk about it because it's something that we all are, none of us are immune to it. None of us um, can say, oh, well, I don't, oh, I'm not affected by that. Well, it's interesting, just changing the tense like you've done there, Lauren, whether you did mm. that intentionally or not, rather than saying mental health isn't a thing that's out there, I mm. have a mental health. You know, what yeah. is my mental health? And I think sometimes mm. we treat it as a bit of a sort of, it's, it's not me, it's something that I might, yeah. catch, I might get. Well, actually, we all yeah. have a mental health. It's I've just that maybe health. a bunch of people have got really healthy mental health. Which the is they've got people to help them navigate it. Oh, sorry. The way no, I've got... um, non-mental health, sorry, I jumped in there. That's there was right. a lack. Uh, is if it was not mental health, it's the same thing of someone may not have an actual disease, but yeah. they're not looking after their body correctly and they're yeah. eating junk food every day or yeah. whatever. They're probably still going to have issues and problems yeah. that stem from that. It's the same with our mental yeah. health, that even if you don't have sort of a recognised mental health condition, you can still have negatively affected mental health uh, Absolutely. effects, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sort of, we forget, we think it's uh, you sort of, it's seasonal, that, that you can get, it can be something that triggers it, and then you think, also, I've dealt with that now, but that same thing can come back. So like grief, you, you sort mm. of don't really deal with grief, Grief almost just, you know, hides itself a bit and then it will come back. And I think that's the thing about mental health is it's not something that you you finish and get mm. over it. I think you just become better at uh, working through it and having people help you navigate it. But it's always there. And I think the problem has been is that we've had it as people have said, I have perfect mental health or I have terrible mental health or yeah. I'm, I, I'm not like that. I haven't got it. You know, they have that sort of conversation. And so therefore yeah. it becomes something that you've got rather than we all have to talk about, which is yeah. bizarre, really, because like you said, Ben, actually, if we, none of us eat right, it doesn't matter whether you're a prime sportsman, if you don't eat right, mm. your, your body's going to kick in at some point uh, and say, this isn't good for me. Uh, I think there might be good sort of starting point just to have a chat about sort of how have you found lockdown affecting uh mental health mike i know you've spoke quite a bit on the podcast about feeling sort of very affected by lockdown mm. i know i have been as well despite making mm. jokes about it being my natural state of being or whatever mm. uh but it, you know it does affect everyone yeah absolutely and i think it's weird that the word i find quite a sort of a, an abrasive word lockdown isn't it it's sort of yeah it's a it's almost doesn't help the situation really is it because you know at the end of the day we're not really locked down you know the alternative i find though is far worse though which is quarantine yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like i'm dead if i step outside i'm in quarantine <laughs> yeah social distancing is a bit better maybe yeah it's not very good for the present tense though of I'm in social distancing. Yeah. Always comes off a bit weird. And also <laughs> lockdown makes me feel like I'm in a crime thriller. So. A bit better. Oh, sorry. That's really reassuring <laughs> for my mental health. 
<laughs> if the three of us were in a crime thriller, that would be a quality Ooh. film. Oh, yeah. that, that, like, heist movie would be fantastic. Yes. Laura would be the guilty one, quite clearly. Oh. <laughs> ben would be Baby Driver, I could see that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he loves that. So, so, pressure points of lockdown. I think, I don't think it's an introvert-extrovert thing for me, because I'd quite happily not see anyone, in the sense of, I feel like I've not had my own space. So therefore I've not been able to process stuff on my own. So I'm struggling with that a bit. So just the freedom mm -hmm. to not have to look after family, not have to do that. I think the big thing for me has been the, the sort of natural way I'm wired to live and do ministry. And, and also 267 is wired to do ministry is almost been completely inhibited like massively and there's all this chat online about actually you know we need to rethink the way we do ministry and we need to rethink the way we do church and there's been some amazingly creative things mm. which, which have been superb but at the end of the day 267 and me are not designed for this way of life and so i think that's where i've really i don't want to suddenly be on zoom i don't want to be making creative online resources i don't want to sit with someone two meters away from them i'm just not wired like so for me it's this sort of constraint that i've struggled with that feels like it's not a quarantine it's not a lockdown because that feels like i should be imprisoned it's more almost like you know i've got an injury and i can't run it's that sort of i think i described in my blog is i feel like i've got a really good kite and no wind mm. that's why i in my blog that i because i feel that life is great and ministry is great but i've got no wind to do it so it's almost like i'm just holding on to this kite and there's it's it's pointless and there's nothing i can do with it so i look like one of those silly kids that run along when there's no wind trying to pull it up in the air you know it's sort of bumping along the ground that's what i feel like <laughs> that's fun good analogy <laughs> so what have been your pinch points then Lon? so i think in the beginning, I was trying to kind of not really think about it too much, just a little bit, kind of bury my head in the sand um, was very much what I was, <laughs> what I was doing because I know that for me, I'm someone that's mental well-being relies. I don't know if is the right word, but something that helps me to have a more positive uh, mental health is being around people and. Um, I'm just someone that's very much, I like being busy. I like constantly being here, there, everywhere, on the go. I don't, I'm not very good at taking breaks, which is possibly my own issue. Um, but I think that because of that, I have a tendency to either be doing everything, want to do it all, want to be keep going, keep going, keep going, um, or I just stop and then I kind of tend to collapse a bit. I think I had a little bit of that going on in terms of I kind of stopped, everything stopped almost at once, um, even though it was a bit staggered. A lot of things kind of just came to an end really suddenly. And it meant that I, I suddenly had lost some of the things that kept me going in terms of I didn't really realise it, but going to school every day, having to get out of bed to go to school, which, and I'm someone that I really get along with the whole classroom learning environment um which is very fortunate for obviously all the time when i have been at school but 
now that I've kind of just been, I felt a little bit like I've been dropped in at the deep end. Um, just suddenly having to do all of it myself, um, motivate myself. Um, and I think that it got to a point where I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be as good as I am outside of lockdown. So to be saying, well, you know, normally I would spend what is six, seven hours a day working. Why am I not doing that right now? Um, normally I would, I would be doing this and that and essays and classwork and stuff and thinking, well, normally I'm better than this. And, and then kind of getting in the mindset that if I'm not doing this, if I'm not doing my best, then it's not worth doing it, which became not very healthy. <laughs> um, luckily I realized that I was in that mindset. Um, and I kind of began to put things in place. So I started saying, okay, well, anything is better than nothing. Um, I don't have to be at my best right now because this isn't an ideal situation mm. for me to be doing stuff in. And so the fact that I'm not doing my best right now is absolutely okay. And sort of just beginning to let myself off the hook in that way a little bit. Um, but I think all of it's really just a learning process. And, and I am still absolutely in no way doing um doing great at it but there's I think I've definitely learned to observe those thought processes and that unhealthy mindset a lot more through this and is there any of the sort of physiological sort of alarm bells that have rung that happened pre-lockdown that you can sort of say actually this is what my brain and body does in a different mm. scenario that have happened again and you've been able to learn from them <laughs> yes yeah, so I um so I know that you guys know this and I have I'm quite comfortable talking about it but like because of my mental health I have um a reaction where my body kind of just creates like extreme nausea when I'm trying to suppress adrenaline and anxiety and obviously being in lockdown is not the most stress-free situation so there has been a little bit of that and the thing about that reaction for me is that I'll be anxious to begin with and then my anxiety will calm down and I'll think, okay, I'm doing better now, but really it's sort of just my body suppressing it and the reaction of me suppressing it is then that nausea and um, kind of throwing up and, and also I started fainting, <laughs> which is a fun one. So although that sounds all really, ah, that's bad and it's not good in any way at all. Luckily, because I'm, I now I understand through going through that for years that that's how my body copes with things um and so I think having to deal with that in lockdown has been challenging but it's reminded me that all those things I would normally do to kind of help myself outside of lockdown still work inside of lockdown because life is so different now that for a lot of things I'm doing, I have to be changing it and I have to learn how to adapt to those things that normally I do. But struggling with my mental health in a way that I actually have done outside of lockdown has made me realise that there are so many transferable things. The fact that normally when I, I'm going through periods uh, like of low mood or of anxiety or of nausea because of my um, mental health, there are techniques that I use there's a massive wasp and I hate wasps. Okay. I'm just going to keep talking um, <laughs> because of those things that I normally deal with, um, having things, having systems in place that I know help me being able to use those in lockdown has helped me in so many other ways as well. 
So that's been really positive. Great. Love yeah, that. I can definitely relate to a lot of that. I find that my sort of mental health symptoms definitely, I think I'm someone that always thought of myself as easygoing. Uh, and that probably is my personality type. But also that's because my way of dealing with things is I suppress it and then it comes up in yeah. physical symptoms rather than yeah. feeling stressed yeah uh, so like to share a little bit probably this week weirdly because I think for a lot of people they've been saying I'm really getting to grips with it now whereas I've gone I think mm -hmm. this week's probably been the worst week for my mental health mm -hmm. mostly because I finished sort of I was okay because I can kind of shove my head into my work and distract myself with that uh, and then I finished uni last week and I'm mm. now done with it for summer and I'm sort of going right I have no purpose again uh, much headspace <laughs> yeah and uh the main symptom that comes up for me I get fainting a bit as well that's also fun. nice uh, I haven't seen that for a that. while but, uh, but I get really bad like uh I don't have the condition that I know of but I get the symptoms of um derealization which is basically everything yeah. just starts to feel disassociated as if I'm sort of yeah. looking at myself from an outside perspective which can be mm -hmm. a bit weird I've really yeah. terrified um previous employee not contracted worker Catherine before <laughs> a couple of times because she's just been speaking at me which to be fair is how we usually talk as well yeah that is <laughs> uh, and she'll sort of realize that I've just literally not even registered that she's been speaking for a while and things like that yeah yeah, a, I feel like a good I'm friend not. of mine does that. She yeah, it's a bit is. weird. Uh, and that's been, yeah, this week I feel like I've just sort of yeah. drifted. Um, it's been a weird one. I think the thing about lockdown is that, like you were saying, for a lot of people, they're saying I've got scripts with it. One of the things that I've really caught myself out on is that is comparing my situation in lockdown mm -hmm. to everyone else's. Because what we are going through is uniquely similar. I mean, there aren't very many things that you can say. Most people in the entire world are going through this right now. Like I have family in Malaysia and, and um, South Africa and Australia, and they're all going through the same things that I'm going through, which is really weird to comprehend. But because we're all going through it, there is a sense that, oh, well, like you said, they're having, everyone else is kind of starting to get to grips with it this week, or um, everyone else is using lockdown to do this. And why aren't I? doing that but again I think that's something that we need to or that I've realized I need to get my head around is the fact that my situation although the cause of it is the exact same as everyone else's my defense mechanisms the way I handle things my resilience how quickly I adjust you know my ups and downs are going to look really different to people who I'm coming into contact with over social media or whatever or who I'm seeing how they're dealing with the people that I'm seeing how they're dealing with it so I think taking that pressure of comparison of looking at what people as lockdown is looking like is something that can definitely help your mental health to acknowledge the fact that we aren't all the same and it's okay to be dealing with this differently and it's okay to be not doing as well as someone else. Absolutely. I know, Mike, you've talked about that in sort of mm. relation to youth work quite a bit, sort of going, yeah. I feel like everyone's got their great zoom chats mm. that are packed with people and mm. you know, some churches are running not much because they're not very tech and sort of just sort of acknowledging where you're at and dealing with sort of the circumstances you have 
I think that's useful for both of those scenarios. I think it's re what's really interesting from a, a sort of youth and children's ministry perspective is that even before this began, we we had, and this may be, well, you two are obviously significantly younger than me, but that we have we have the in our world the problem with comparison mm. across the board in everything that doesn't Absolutely. always help out doesn't help our mental health at all mm. in before this there was mm. so many youth and children's work that i talked to who were struggling with this comparison that they looked at other people's ministry and thought um and mine's never going to be as good as that or they've got this funny kit and it's the same problem with yeah. church how many people come to your church how many kids in your group yeah. And it's not a healthy measure of success at all. And mm -hmm. I think in lockdown, it is as bad because actually, if, like Ben says, if you don't have the skills to put on a really flashy live stream, you feel like you've failed as a youth worker or you yeah. failed as a youth worker because you can't do it. And so I'm actually, I'm just starting to think now, I'm going to record a vlog next week about a new measure of success because actually like our, our measure of success cannot now be on mm. how many people are tuning into our zoom in the same yeah. way a measure of success can't be how many people come to our youth group mm. um, because i'm worried is it's unhealthy because you get a bunch of youth workers who now and the worrying compound the, what's compounded it is that some of them are being furloughed so mm. not only were they feeling bad and feel like they failed They've been furloughed, so now they can't do anything to rectify yeah. it. Most of us, to make ourselves feel better, we want to have a little success. We want to win at something, mm. be able to justify who we are. And if we can't even do that, you've got a bunch of furloughed youth workers who are just looking around at everybody else thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish. I'm, I'm no longer who I was called to be. And so then mm -hmm. you get a whole lot of health then of these people that can't even do what they love doing and feel that they're rubbish of it even when they could yeah and that's why i think we need to speak into so particularly for 267 our next month we're going to be trying speaking into those people who basically have been restrained from being able to do what they're called to do yeah and feel bad, and feel bad about themselves i think that whole thing about winning at something when you need you feel like you want to feel like you succeeded and that whole idea of how do we measure success is something that not only affects youth workers, but can really affect our mental health in and out of lockdown, because the way that we measure success can be so warped, especially within the church, like you were saying, um, the way that we measure that success can have a massive impact on the, how we look after ourselves, which is really important. Um, so like I was saying earlier, I was saying that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and that's because I think a lot of the time, we see success as achieving 100% and as doing and comparing ourselves to others and all of these unhealthy things when actually sometimes when you take a step back and look at it, what it is that you're actually trying to succeed at, you get a very different perspective. And that's something that within our society, particularly within school systems and competitive work environments, we really need to focus on more because we're all driven as humans to be good at what it is that we're doing. Um, but when you're measuring success in a way that isn't going to make anyone feel good about the job that they're doing, it's like that poster that Mike has the, the quote that's about if you, 
um, measure a goldfish on its ability to climb a whole tree, it will lead its life believing it's a failure. So true. And I just think that that speaks so profoundly to the way in which we measure ourselves um, and the pressures that we put on ourselves to be what it is that we think is seen as success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you reminded me of when me and Lauren were on the trip previously mentioned, we had a mm. couple of really good chats and one yeah. of them I can remember us having was um, about sort of, I think you saying sort of as an extreme extrovert, uh, when you're by yourself, sort of sometimes mm. you find that quite difficult just to sort of, yeah. you can have sort of fairly, is the term intrusive thoughts? Is that sort of absolutely yeah. for you? Uh, yeah. don't want to put words into your mouth no <laughs> but certainly I think like for me as well as and as might say is not even necessarily an introvert mm. extrovert thing is in both a positive and negative way uh, lockdown's been quite sort of confronting mm. uh, in that, like you know usually my method of doing things would be uh, I'm starting to have some bad sort of effects so I'm just gonna shove myself into this thing or mm. I'll distract myself with this thing but I don't have that option at the moment and actually like whilst it's a negative thing that I'm experiencing the effects of the mental health issues mm. but I confront them and sort of deal with them is a positive thing in the sense that I'm not just sort of suppressing them yeah uh, and I think like yeah in, I don't want to say it's positive that people are experiencing mental health issues because that's a dangerous path to walk down but it is positive that people are having a chance to sort of have a time for introspection and consideration for themselves which mm -hmm. a lot of people just don't have the time to look after themselves at the moment yeah that's really interesting oh. no, go on. um i was talking to my good friend governor b about this actually um <laughs> little casual name drop um no, I was mentioning about how we talk about the idea of loving our neighbours as ourselves, but in this time, we all, a lot of us have the instinct to help other people and to, you know, protect the vulnerable and to self-isolate so that you can protect the NHS, which is absolutely what we should be doing. And, you know, in times like this, absolutely being selfless is so important, but you can't love your neighbour as yourself if you don't love yourself first. Um, I am massively guilty of trying to help everyone else out and trying to um, pour myself into helping other people and kind of ignoring what it is that I need, um, which is honestly something that I don't know if I'll ever stop doing um, because I think that is just a part of who I am. But knowing that it is actually so important to take care of ourselves in order to be able to take care of other people is, I think, freeing in a lot of ways. And we, we struggle with that as Christians because we, mm -hmm. we want to be self-deprecating. We want to say, yeah. you know, you go first. When actually mm -hmm. some of those powerful conversations I've had with people using the, the oxygen mask on a mm -hmm. plane thing is, is what's the one rule they tell you? It says you've got to put your own on before you help anybody else's. And we sit there and go, no, no, if there's somebody suffering, I'm going to help them. Whereas actually you can't help anyone if you're dead. And exactly. there's this idea that we've almost got to get over it and say, actually, if I'm, if I'm looking after myself, 
mm. I can help more people. Yeah. And, and so there's this whole conversation that needs to be had of actually self-care, of being okay to take time for myself, because then yeah. I am a better youth worker. I remember one of the biggest learnings I had from when I was in America training. He said, you, you, will only, or you can only take young people where you have been yourself, and you can only go as deep in any faith conversation as you have been willing to go yourself. Mm. And so this sense that we, if we say, stand back here, and almost tell and talk it, it will be a very surface conversation. But if you can journey with people, share your story, say, this is where I've been through. It allows you that freedom to be able to do that, rather, and you give permission for other people to do it. And I think yeah. until you get rid of this boundary of uh, leaders, Christian leaders particularly, saying, no, I, I've got to look perfect. I've got, like, I've got it all sorted. There's nothing wrong with me. You lot, yeah. you're, you, need, you need help. Until we change that and say, actually, we're all in this. A bit like you said about lockdown, we're all in this together. Everyone's just dealing with it in different ways, but we've all we, we've all got something we need to work through. And until yeah. we recognise that and admit it, we're only going to get so far with our relationships and how we can heal them. Uh, time has really flown. Uh, shall we end with what is your number one tip for? Three uh, tips. Have at least three, oh. Ben. Fine. Uh, a substantial tip or three, like quick tips. <laughs> I don't want like, got you three through. essays uh, from from each of us on what's your top sort of self care tip. It can be something as little as mm. you know, take the time to have a bath if you've got one of those. Or is it self care in lockdown, Ben, or general self care? I think in lockdown is as that seems okay. to have been sort of the focus. I can start us off. I've got a little one. Uh, I was reminded of from Haven, a little kind of self-plug. Uh, mm -hmm. in I work, uh, even though I can take no credit for him. Um, <laughs> one of Claire's things that she said, which I'm sure I'll horribly misquote, but right. I'm fine with that. He's not here to defend it. My takeaway uh, right. was sort of when you're having sort of effects based on things you can't control uh, sort of affect the things you can control yeah. um, so I was finding that a little thing was just that my room looked a bit like a prison cell uh, which really went with the lockdown sort of aesthetic but <laughs> probably not great for my mental health because I realized mm -hmm. that when I went to uni I took all the stuff I usually would decorate it with and yeah. have it sealed in a bag for when I go back uh, so I've now I'll show on the camera, but if you're listening, I'm afraid you'll just have to imagine a beautiful wall. I've now brought wow. and, like, oh, that I love it. That's amazing. The art student you use really come out. Yeah. So I've just been interior designing uh, the last love week it. or two. It looks like one of those fake bedrooms in Ikea, Ben. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What a compliment. It does look a little That's bit like that. Just give people an image. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've been up in my aesthetic game. There's rose gold things all over the place. I'm, I'm wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you raised the Pinterest. Yeah. Run up yourself. That's Pinterest ready. All I need is some Claire Banham uh, bunting, and I'll be. Set. Or some fairy lights. Yeah, oh, they're Little there. Don't lights? worry. They're there. Rose okay, gold okay. fairy lights. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful. That's right. Ben, you need a t-shirt with "upping my aesthetic game" written on it. Yes. Yes. I do. 
That's your autobiography right there. Instagram queen. Then for, so. yeah. My little tip is, is writing stuff down. Because mm. I think you get this sort of, because like Lauren touched on it, we've got so much space to process in our head. We've got so much time to think because yeah. we're not doing stuff. So therefore it just all fills up in our head. And then there's only a natural amount that you can hold in your head. And it, if it comes out inappropriately or out of control to a degree, actually I'm finding writing stuff down and articulating an emotion or a feeling or a behavior has been really helpful. So writing mm. my, I've probably overshared, but a lot of my blogs are written from how I am dealing with something. So I probably assume that this is going to help people because, so I, rather than saying this is what you can do, I say, this is what I have done. But I found it quite really cathartic. And every time I've published a blog, there's been a sort of cleansing. I felt quite, I, feel, I think I felt quite positive because I feel of use. And when I don't feel of use, I'm at my worst. So I feel of mm. So I've been able to take something out of my head that's been held there for too long. And I've been able to put it down on paper. And it's almost like it's down on paper now. I don't need to start processing yeah. that anymore. And that's been really helpful for me. So even if it's just writing stuff in a journal or writing a blog or recording a blog, I mean, some sort of way of being able to stop this just getting overfilled. Yeah. So I think that mine is kind of stemmed from a similar thing to Ben's, which is all about control or circles of control, as the expert Clevana likes to say. Oh, don't um, call it expert. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to boost their ego. Um, uh, so yeah, it's having things that you can control, uh, are really important, especially in lockdown when everything feels so out of control. So for me, something that I've realized I previously felt quite out of control in, but something that I could actually control is what I'm taking, what the intake of media that I have. So there is so much stuff out there at the moment that's, you know, um, all about, the death rates and all of the horrific things that are happening because of the quarantine um and the economy and blah blah blah, blah x y and z bad things but the fact is that i don't actually have to look i can choose to say do you know what i'm not going on the bbc news app i've turned off the notifications um uh, i'm not gonna deal with this in that way because there's nothing that I can do to control what the actual news is. And so me reading it is gonna make me feel even more out of control. So I can, so my, my tip would be controlling what it is that you're consuming. So for me, I realized that not only was it when I opened the apps, it was also people were posting it on their Snapchat stories, articles and stuff. So I've just stopped looking through people who I know might post it and, um, there is uh, John Kravinsky from The Office and various other things is doing his Some Good News. I think I'm nodding. I'm seeing nods as if you guys have seen that, which is just those kind of things are um, really good to be focusing on the positives instead of the negatives. I think that's a, you've touched on something there, the, the amount of input from social media. Mm -hmm. Well, what we do that. Yeah. It's so key in, so, in, in every person, young and old, yeah. I think. Uh, is a really key thing to be able to grab hold of that and say, actually, I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to take off that app. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. And it was really it is something we can control. Also. Absolutely. 
I was saying it is something we, we can control, but it's something that we need to actively choose to control. So if we don't, it can very quickly become uncontrolled. And it's a quite a power, there's a power in it because not only mm. is it the decision to not watch it, mm. but actually the benefit of not having that input yeah. becomes almost it sort of it sort of snowballs. So I remember a month or so ago I didn't read the news for like a couple of weeks because I was it was all a bit doom and gloom. Yeah. And actually I felt strangely positive, you know, because I was like, well actually there is some positives out there and so when I read the news and saw the positives, they, they had that much more power because for two yeah. weeks I hadn't let all this information just pound on me, basically. Yeah. And thinking about um, sort of there was an issue before all of this, like it was a prevalent issue of sort of people's online worlds versus their offline worlds when you meet someone in person versus sort of yeah. the idealised version they present to themselves on the yeah. internet. But then when all we're seeing of someone is their idealised version on the internet, yeah. that then becomes what we think of those people. Um, and you don't have sort of the grounded reality to counter it. Oh, it's the worst when you're seeing people who are posting the workout videos that they're doing and their healthy smoothies and their Bible verse and their daily devotion every day. And, and you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but the reality is that that's probably once, all, all the revision that they've been doing, all the schoolwork and I'm um, you sit there and you go oh my goodness I've done nothing and then you think do you know what that's probably just a small part of what's actually going on yeah it's they did their schoolwork and then cried for half an hour and stressed and but no one's going to upload that to Instagram yeah just having a quick meltdown chuck that <laughs> on there like it's not what the platform what do you mean no one that's basically what I always post <laughs> oh I should get back on Instagram that sounds like quality you should get back on Instagram quality content uh but yeah i think that's kind of the overall takeaway that's been kind of the yeah. running theme absolutely the idea of comparison and yeah sort of the dangers of it well i think that was a great show uh thanks yeah. for coming and joining us lauren thank uh, you so much for having me even at some point become a third recurring guest nice Which wow i don't think it's ever happened before so oh my goodness okay i want to be the third recurring guest i'm not gonna lie have we had anyone done three pardon has nobody ever done three no we've had katie cripps is the only other person that's done oh and ellie now has done two okay well let me get on but of the youth lauren and katie the only recurring you get, guest you gotta give me and ben a really good topic that's worth recording you a third time for don't yeah. make it a competition because I will win. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week or probably the week after based on my regular uploading schedule. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.